Hello. Today we talk with Jordan Lee uh, around the zeitgeist surrounding kind of DevCon 3, the differences for how crazy different things were just a year ago at DevCon 2, uh, and we even cover some tips for asking questions at the conference. Uh, so enjoy and hope to see you at DevCon 3. My name is Reese Lindmark, and you're listening to another episode of Creating a Humanist Blockchain Future. And in this podcast, we take a systems thinking approach to doing good in the world. And so we have a couple different series that focus on different system scopes. And today's series is Series C on software systems, where we dive into code and ask the question, how are the machine systems structured? And today, uh, I'm excited to talk with Jordan Lee about DevCon 3. And Jordan is a software engineer at Consensus, who also does these really, really clear Ethereum educational videos through his web channel, Decipher Media. Jordan, welcome, and thanks for being on the show. Cool. Thanks for having me on, Reese. Yeah, so um, I was just excited to do this podcast because, you know, kind of think about DevCon 3 as like a primer and, you know, something that someone could listen to on the plane to get excited to kind of get ready for DevCon 3. And especially for someone like me who hasn't really been to DevCon before, um, and I think for a lot of people in the ecosystem these days, you know, given 2017 and the rise of the ICO and what have you, I think there's going to be a lot of new people coming into the, the atmosphere here. Um, so let's kind of start at a high level. And Jordan, could you kind of give us a the context of like, where is Ethereum at right now, especially kind of leading into DevCon 3? Yeah, sure. I'll do my best. Um, yeah, there's a lot so of context. <laughs> if we rewind a year ago, I guess, um, DevCon 2 in Shanghai, China, the price of Ether was around $10, I think. Mm. And as far as I know, like Augur was probably the only company that had done an ICO at the time, and they had raised a couple million dollars, I think $5 million or something like that. Um, and if you fast forward to now, going into DevCon 3, the price of Ether is $300, and there's been you know <laughs> multiple billions of dollars raised in ICO projects. So the order of magnitude at which the, the Ethereum project is at not only in terms of the the money involved, but just the kind of like zeitgeist impact of it is just an order of magnitude higher. So I mean, I'm going to be really interested in kind of how that dichotomy manifests itself at the actual tech conference, because DevCon is a tech conference. It's a conference about technology. And there's kind of two competing forces in Ethereum right now. There's the underlying technology, which is a bunch of nerds building computer software. And then there's this kind of like evan like uh, you know like marketing wing that's evangelizing the technology and the social impact it will make, and getting normal people excited about it, and people hearing about you know these crazy numbers and ICOs and how those things will kind of manifest itself at a tech conference is going to be really interesting to see. So I'm just curious to like get the kind of high level vibe of the conference. Yeah, I love that. I think that I mean I think you're right to say that. The order of magnitude, as you said, and for me, not being around in 2016, it was like, wow, you know, like only, you know, $5 million through Augur, the price of Ether is 10 bucks, and yeah, billions of dollars in here. The zeitgeist, as you said, is totally different. And what you're saying around the conference, I think, is interesting because, you know, I went to Consensus, the one put on my Coindesk earlier this year in May, and that had a similar vibe where you had the, like, crypto anarchist, Bitcoin maximalist people, and then the banks kind of coming in. And, like, you have a similar kind of 
two-edged um, system here, but within Ethereum where you have the developers and the developer conference and then kind of the social impact kind of marketing people. Um, yeah, so I do think that that'll be interesting. How do you how do you see, thinking more about the difference between DevCon 2 and DevCon 3, um, you know, what do you see as kind of in, in terms of either the talks themselves that are happening or kind of other ways that it's kind of similar or different this year compared to last year? Well, I'd be, so DevCon 2, I think, People thought it was exciting that a lot of things got announced. People were talking about their projects and what they were working on, and it seemed like all this cool momentum was happening in the space. And now it's a year later, and I'm really curious to see what progress has actually been made on those kind of promises that were laid out a year ago. And that, I mean, that I think is going to be really interesting because because there's been so much money and so many people getting really rich over the last year, like. Is the development momentum actually keeping up or is it just gotten completely derailed by all this hysteria and money being thrown around? And I think it'll be somewhat like if you compare the delta of what people were talking about last year to what they're talking about now, if it's not very pronounced, I think that would be a reason for concern. Mm. So, I mean, I'm really looking for progress in a lot of the projects and we'll see. Yeah. And, and by projects, are you talking about specific things that the Ethereum Foundation is doing? Or are you talking about the like more DAP, you know, general DAP ecosystem? Well, yeah, I would think the entire ecosystem, I guess, to an extent. Um, it's kind of hard, though, because a lot of the DAPs are a little early for what they're promising because there's just so many core kind of um, infrastructural components missing from Ethereum mm -hmm. or, you know, underdeveloped from Ethereum. So it's really hard to make these large scale applications that everyone's been promising. So I think what's really important is to see the progress on these low level infrastructure projects um, so that you can assess if, if what people are promising at the application level are even possible. Yeah. That makes sense. And I, a lot of this reminds me of a recent post by Albert Wenger around Ethereum and Bitcoin. And for him, he's like, hey, the bull case for Ethereum is if you have some, if in the next year we have some actual Ethereum projects that launch and get you know traction and if progress is made on Ethereum scaling. It's kind of this combination of like if we are doing scaling and some of these projects launch, then that would be really, really powerful. Um, we haven't talked too much about the scaling piece right now. I feel like that's the thing that's on everybody's mind with Plasma and Raiden and things like that, and Casper, obviously. Kind of, how do you think about where we where Ethereum's at with scaling these days? So I'm actually, I, obviously, scaling is you know kind of the big thing that will decide whether or not Ethereum ultimately succeeds or fails. So it's obviously really important. But I don't think it's as imminent a concern as a lot of people make it out today. Mm. I mean, um, Ethereum right now, you could run a 10 terabyte hard drive, which you could buy for maybe a couple hundred dollars, if that. And you could run the Ethereum blockchain with its current network statistics for the next five years, you know, pretty easily. Mm -hmm. So I don't I, I think just adding more hardware to scale Ethereum nodes for a short term solution is pretty viable. Yep. So I don't think that needing to come up with some sort of innovative scaling solution is something that's like a pressing concern. But yeah, obviously it can't continue its current network growth without any software scaling solution. It's obviously going to need some major software scaling solution. And I think that the best people at the Ethereum Foundation are currently working on that now. 
Yep. And this has been being worked on since the inception of Ethereum. I mean, Ethereum was originally envisioned to have a proof of stake consensus mechanism. Mm -hmm. And that was conceived at the very beginning. So this is a multi-year project in the works. So yeah, the Casper protocol has had a lot of work on it over the past year. I'm not haven't been following it super, super closely, but I think that'll be very interesting to see what gets talked about at DevCon yep. or what gets kind of announced in terms of timelines for implementation. I think that's interesting because, yeah, we have, there's so many, in, in DevCon, I mean, talking about the hype around DevCon, I know most, not most, but a lot of the people that I know are going to DevCon even without tickets, you know, just to go there and network and, and just talk with people. And, um, and everybody's planning on all these announcements at DevCon. And I think that one thing that I didn't think about is like, those announcements hold true for the ecosystem, but they also hold true for the Ethereum Foundation itself, where they say, hey, here's a big update on Casper or whatever. Um, I think that, like you're saying, we'll both see some of those big updates and then see what those commitments look like. So um, kind of transitioning over a bit here, you know, we, I feel like we've gotten a good idea for where we're at with respect to DevCon 3. How do you think, so thinking about, you know, the tech conference itself, there's, you know, there's one side of it, which is going to the talks and like, you know, trying to listen to the coding and, and, and things of that variety. And we're going to dive into that later. How are you thinking also just about things that you're excited to talk with people about at the bar or, you know, at Cancun, so on the beach? Uh, what are some things that are on your mind where you're like, hmm, I'm really, I'd really love to ask these people these questions? Well, all right, I would say there's, there's kind of like, two parts to how I would think about that. One is the things, like the actual specific um, protocol level stuff that I'm fascinated by, that I'm just curious to learn what kind of work is being done on it. So two examples of that, I guess, would be Swarm, which is the decentralized file storage um, network that is being worked on by the Ethereum Foundation. And this is obviously an integral part of you know, most decentralized applications is that they need some sort of file storage system. And yeah, the Swarm project has been somewhat mysterious. They've kind of been clandestine with what they've been doing. So mm -hmm. I'd be very curious to learn more and more about how that work has been going and what the big problems that they're running into. And I think that'll probably be a pretty large component of DevCon, uh, yeah. at least with some of the talks and with some of the people working on it. So that's definitely one of them. I'm also and, curious. Wait, about, so pause for a second oh, yeah, on, ahead, uh, on, yeah. on on Swarm. Yeah, so that's the um, and Swarm is the decentralized file storage, which is similar to you know the like IPFS and Filecoin. Is there a is there something about Swarm that excites you more than um, like, or I guess how is Swarm different than IPFS um, and or Filecoin? Yeah, I have a lot of concerns about Filecoin with the way that they raised money. Um, I think that only raising from accredited investors was a massive mistake. I think it it just is I, I don't know why they chose to go that route. I think it really burned a lot of bridges. And I think that it's gonna probably haunt them down the road because I could see Filecoin not holding true to some of the core values that make a decentralized file storage system, you know, exciting. And that includes things like censorship resistance you know, open source code bases. I, I mean, I don't know if they're going to compromise on those kind of things, but I think it's a lot more likely that they would with the current way that they chose to raise money than with Swarm, which is, to my knowledge right now, been completely transparent and open source about everything that they're doing. So 
Got it, got it. Yeah, so Swarm, and Swarm is the specific Ethereum Foundation version of one of these decentralized storage networks. Um, so what's the other one that you're excited about in this kind of not the, in the part of this Ethereum kind of base layer protocol? Yeah, I'm also, I'm very interested in Whisper, which is the peer-to-peer messaging um, code that lives on, like, Ethereum nodes. Like, so if you're running an Ethereum node, you will run, like, you'll have access to this protocol called Whisper, which allows you to send messages to other Ethereum nodes that are somewhat, like, ephemeral. Like, you just transmit, like, arbitrary text messages to them, and then they can route them to other nodes, but not necessarily store them permanently. Hmm. But that would allow, you know, for, you know, if you can think of the UX down the road, something like MetaMask, which is a Chrome extension that has an Ethereum wallet, could then just pick up the message when it's broadcast and store it. And then you could have a little badge on your MetaMask account for a new message from a specific address. And that solves a really big problem now of when you're using Ethereum addresses for identity that you don't have any way to get in contact with that Ethereum address because it's just a hex string. You don't mm-hmm. actually know any contact info about it. But if you can send messages directly to Ethereum addresses, it you know it just that's just another core thing that really needs to exist for a lot of decentralized applications to work properly. And I think that yeah, like I'm, that is something that should has been being worked on, but I'm not really sure what the status is because again, it's kind of mysterious also. So. Yeah, I'm curious to just get updates on these kind of core level protocols that really need to um, have a, be at a certain level of usability for a lot of the decentralized applications to actually be able to fulfill their promises. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's and these are some of the very initial ones. And you were you were talking, you know, before we went live around how you actually personally want to use Whisper. You know, you want to be able to communicate with specific, you know, Ethereum addresses and and you have no way to do so right now. Um, and so I think that like you're saying, for these things to really exist and, and be part of this ecosystem is crucial for even someone who's, you know, just a little bit closer to mainstream adoption here. Do you know why, by the way, they are both for Swarm and Whisper? Um, you know, it's like, uh, how is there is there a clear way to, to know their progress? Or you, you've said the word clandestine twice with respect oh, to no, them. Oh, no, I think it, it's not that they're clandestine. It's yeah. that, you know, all the work, like, you have to follow it actively. You mm. can't, like, pass it. It. Like if you're not hanging out in the you know Discord channels or whatever they're using now, Riot I am. Mm-hmm. But if you're not if you're not in those channels, like actively following it, you're not going to get any information about it. It's not like you could just go watch a video about Whisper's progress. Like it's like you have to like make this like really active effort to follow it. Interesting. And yeah, it's like not everyone is going to be doing that. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that just don't get updates on the status of these projects. Yep, that makes uh, sense. I, and and a little bit more on. You know, some of the other side here is we have, you know, talking about, you know, we talked a little bit about scaling and Casper and proof of stake. And there's also the all the ZK Snarks stuff happening. Um, what for you yeah. makes you more interested by some of the swarm and whisper things as compared to some of the like, you know, the other things like ZK Snarks? Oh, I'm super interested in ZK Snarks. <laughs> nice, I, I mean, nice. I, I'm fascinated by it. Um, I, I guess it's just more like... Um, I'm not, it's not like immediately applicable to me as a software developer mm. in the sense that it's like a paradigm shift almost. Like when you're talking about um, like zero knowledge transactions, like that that's like a complete paradigm shift in the way that you're even thinking mm. about your application. Mm. And I'm not at that, le- like I'm not that level of software developer where I'm thinking about paradigm shifting applications. I'm just thinking about how to leverage 
existing things in Ethereum for like use cases that I'm interested in. Great. But but yeah, I mean, like I'm very interested in ZK Snarks. The like math behind it, I think, is really interesting. And I think like doing token contracts because I believe even with just the Byzantium update, you can do token contracts with um, like uh, hidden hidden balances. So you can wow. have ERC twenty tokens where people don't know the actual account balances, but you can verify that there's only a fixed amount of tokens. So like I think there's probably like interesting things that can come out of that, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm super interested. In it. I'm just not very uh, optimistic that anyone's going to get on stage and explain it clearly because <laughs> that is – I'm, I'm pretty sure – I don't think anyone's explained ZK Snarks clearly anywhere on the internet yet. Nice. So Maybe you will at some <laughs> other point in the future. <laughs> Let yeah, us know when that goes live. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'm interested to talk to people about it for sure. Yeah, cool. So thinking more, let's say you're now, you're pretending you're at DevCon 3, you went in, you, you listened to some talks about Swarm, you listened to some talks about Whisper, now you're at the bar, you're standing next to some people, what kind of questions are you going to be asking them? What kind of things are you going to be interested to learn from the other people who are there? Well, one of the, one of the cool things about a conference like DevCon is that you're going to learn so much that you didn't even know about so it's it's like you're gonna learn things that you wouldn't have even even known to ask because you didn't even know they existed or you didn't realize that they were as important as they were and that's the cool thing about conferences like this like going in person is that like you don't know what you don't know but you'll learn by being around so many um, smart people that are interested in the same space so it's kind of like what manifests itself to you is the interesting thing mm, it's not necessarily like you you grilling someone else Yep, 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 yep. Um, so I, I agree with that, and I think that that is a fascinating part of this. Was there something, by the way, for you last year at DevCon 2 in Shanghai where you, like, went there and you were like, whoa, now, like, I, like, what was, like, a, a moment for you like that at DevCon 2? <laughs> there was so much like that. Like, to me, De DevCon 2 is just this complete, you know, arena of mystery and wonder. Like, it was... It was literally like walking into a movie or something. Like it just didn't feel like the real world. Um, but I, I was just amazed by just the random encounters you would have with people that are talking about like working on the Solidity compiler and what challenges they were having. Mm. And it's just like you just felt like so engrossed in this like bizarre ecosystem that was being created. And people were just so optimistic and so like steadfast in their belief that Ethereum would be big. Wow. And yeah, it was just, it was super um, compelling to like hear all the different ideas people had. They weren't necessarily like projects, but they were like ideas about what could manifest itself. And yeah, it, it's been interested to see to an extent it kind of manifests itself over the last year in that like Ethereum has gotten just absolute mainstream um, recognition. Yep. But the the format that it's gotten mainstream recognition is is in with like these like ICOs which are you know not necessarily like they feel a little like a boiler roomy mm -hmm. it's like people trading penny stocks more so than like actually building out like important applications for the future yep. so again it's like it's like this interesting dichotomy that you have to hold in your head of you know this really really ambition this really really large ambition for um, using something like Ethereum to really improve, you know, core, core underpinnings of our existence in the world. And then like this reality that the reason Ethereum is popular is because people are trading penny stocks and trying to scam each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it's like, to what extent is that going to manifest itself? Like, is one side going to have 
too much momentum or is one side going to be able to fight back or is this just like growing pains for a new paradigm? Yep. I don't know. And like, like being able to look, like look at all those forces, like I don't think there's a better way to get a gauge on the ecosystem and how strong each of those forces are and how, how much momentum they have than like going to a conference like DevCon and just talking to like everyone you can. Yep. You know, like that, that's the only way to really wrap your head around something so complex. So yeah, that's it's interesting. Just, it's gonna be really, yeah. I feel like there's a yeah, it's that that the difference between the two is crazy, and I feel like there's another piece here which I was personally interested by, which was you know from DevCon one and kind of DevCon two. I've seen some talks, and I was just watching this talk by Vinay Gupta around the ability for Ethereum to build these meta structures, which allow for the uh, people to make a new ecosystem while paying back the ecosystem itself. And and it, and it was a very, very powerful talk. And something that I was interested by was that at DevCon 3, it didn't seem like, it seemed like almost all the talks were more at the, um, at, at both either the code level or the kind of implementation level. But it doesn't necessarily seem like there's a big, like, Vinay Gupta style, we're building the decentralized future kind of talk here. And that's maybe because we already have enough hype and like we need to get to work or like, you know, is that, does that like, I mean, talks like that happened at DevCon 2 and just feels like they might not be happening as much here at DevCon 3. Yeah, I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. I think I, I can't speak to how the talks are organized because I have, I have no idea like who organized them or why, but I could see that being the case that whoever put this conference together was really thinking like we have enough of that we really need to talk about the tech or we're not going to be able to like realize that vision yeah so. yeah that makes sense um so kind of thinking a little bit more about this uh like i have a couple final thoughts on top of my mind the first is back to this question because i do want to push on it because i agree with you that just being there being in the in the context being in the ether and in uh, getting information through osmosis and spontaneity is the real power of these conferences. Are there things though that you specifically are like, oh man, you know, I would love to chat in about this, these kinds of things. Um, are there stuff that comes to the top of your mind for that? Um, well, I, I, I'm interested, like, I feel like if you get to talk to the, you know, like lead developer or hold on one sec. <coughs> Or the, you know, like, product visionary of any project that's going to be interesting. It's, it's not, mm. like, I'm interested in a lot of things that are going on in the Ethereum ecosystem. I'm not sure <coughs> necessarily which one stands out in my head more than anything. But, yeah, it's cool. I mean, like, I remember at DevCon, too, like, when we were having brunch and just Vitalik came and, like, sat down next to us. And we got to just hang out with Vitalik talking to him about random things yep. and watch him speak Mandarin in China, which was crazy. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, this guy speaks Mandarin. Um, and then, yeah, it's like that kind of stuff is just, just really cool. So it's not like anything specific that I have in my head. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that the, I think that that as a, as a heuristic though is true, which is like, hey, who are you? Why are you here? Why are you passionate about this stuff? And what are you building? And then they'll be able to say, well, I'm building blah, blah, blah. And, and then they'll just be able to dive into their project, which is likely to be interesting. Uh, so just kind of pulling that enthusiasm out of people. Yeah. Uh, and you'll probably get to talk to people, especially if you're new to the space. You'll get to talk to people who have been in the space for a really long time. And that's also really interesting to me. 
Yeah. It's like listening to people talk about being in Bitcoin in 2011 and all the stuff that went down. Yes, exactly. And like just getting like better like grounding for the context at which Ethereum is evolving at, I think is really important too. And that's kind of hard to do otherwise. Yes, that makes sense. Like, yeah, because you can't uh, you can't go. Yeah, for me, it's it's tough to know what things were like a year ago. You know, but 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 talking with people who were there in you know 2015, early 2015, is they they've kind of. Uh, they're they've been jaded now. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, it's crazy thing because I remember in Shanghai when the price of Ethereum was ten dollars. I remember thinking it's crazy how rich people have gotten because yeah. Ethereum ICO'd at like forty cents. So people had already like twenty x mm-hmm. at the time. Like anyone that was in the presale had already twenty x at at ten dollars. So now at three hundred dollars, I mean like. We're just in a different realm. Like we're at like 500x here. Yep. So, so yep. I already thought it was excessive. So I have just no idea how like what this is gonna be like. Yeah. Like we're just orders of magnitude that are just completely ridiculous. Yep. So, so thinking maybe the final question here that I have is you know thinking about so people are going here. They're at DevCon three. They're both they're there. They're um they're part of the context of both scaling and these new protocols and all the different projects that are happening just talking with interesting people asking them what they're excited about now thinking though about back to this piece that you had about progress you know thinking about devcon 4 whenever that you know a year from now what are the things that you would like really like to see to make sure okay you know it's devcon 3 we're going to devcon 3 by devcon 4 what would you be hoping and expecting to see by then well, I think by DevCon 4, you have to have mainstream applications. I, I mean, I don't think there is really a single mainstream application on Ethereum right now that isn't trading. I, I think that's pretty much it. And I think that that's kind of okay because, again, like we're trying to build a protocol to let applications exist, but the protocol does not have all the pieces together. But if by DevCon 4 you don't have, you know, mainstream application use, I think it would be really concerning. Yep, that makes sense. So we're looking for application use. If you are an application developer, develop those applications. <laughs> are there any yeah, final... Or go? A lot of it... Um, so I actually have a pet theory that there's, a, there's an EIP. So I think it's EIP 86. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on the number, though. But um, it's going to be part of the Constantinople... Um, fork mm-hmm. that Ethereum does. And I actually think that this is the missing piece to a lot of application use. Mm-hmm. So EIP 86 will let you um, essentially pay the gas cost for a transaction from a contract. So it doesn't need to be paid for by the initiating account. Mm-hmm. And what that'll let you do is have somebody that has never used Ethereum before create a wallet and interact with a smart contract without needing to like go to Coinbase and register and buy Ether and then use that to pay the gas cost. So it'll let them just interact with a contract in like one step. And that, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense so, to have a, a so, more frictionless environment there. Yeah, exactly. So there's just like there's things like that that I really think are like almost prerequisites to getting like so like all these people are out promising the world in terms of decentralized applications and they very very well maybe right also, but the question is like yeah like these are like basic things that probably need to get added to Ethereum in order to to make that happen and just again like I feel like you just need to I'm interested in getting a sense 
of how close those things are to happening. Mm -hmm. And it might be way closer than I realize. It may be, you know, you talk to people and it's like, oh, wow, like all this is going to happen in the next couple of months. Like this is going down. Mm -hmm. Or it might be like, oh, man, like where the cart is really far ahead of the horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really hope one of these things is live by DevCon 4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so again, it's like, it's just exciting too. When you ask me like what I'm really interested in, it's like, it's kind of parsing the entire experience there and being able to update my mental model of this is where we're really at. And this is what I can expect over the next year. Yeah. I love that. I think we should pretty much conclude on that, that yeah, there's a, the, by going to something like DevCon, you get to update your mental model based off of how far along Ethereum and this new decentralized future that we're all here to build and are so excited by, where are we actually at and and, and where and and what does it look like in terms of the progress we've made, we've made over the past year or so. Any final uh, thoughts or, or feelings from you here on this, Jordan? Um, final thoughts is I think it's going to be an exhausting four days. There's a lot of content. And I think it's going to be really dense and technical and it's going to be really interesting. And I, I, I think Ethereum is in a very interesting place because, again, it's like <laughs> it's super interesting technology and it's super um, undetermined whether or not it will succeed, which adds like another layer of interest to it. Because, you know, like it's like, oh, the new iPhone, like we know people are going to buy it and it's going to be successful. It's like there's not like mystery around it the way there is with Ethereum where it's like this could either be the operating system for humanity or it could be a complete Hindenburg just blow up. Yeah. We have no idea. Um, and that makes it so exciting. That, that, that's like part of the narrative that drives a lot of mainstream attention from people that aren't even in, you know, software development. But I, I think that's in that's su it's such an interesting place. But like no matter what, you just can't ignore it. It's like too interesting of a project. So I, I hope people pay attention to what's going on because no matter what the outcome is, like this is just super interesting stuff. Yep. <laughs> Everyone yep. should be. Yeah. <laughs> pay attention. Um, pay attention to us. Um, I know I, I agree with you, and I think that the uh, I think DevCon three will be the first a big a big check mark in everybody's mind around okay where are we at with respect to these things. Um, so with that, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you want to um, a go and check out, I mean, really, if you're a developer who's interested in learning more about Ethereum, definitely check out uh, Jordan's videos um, at Decipher Media. They are really really high quality and very condensed and have nice visuals. Um, so check that out. And also, if you're at DevCon. Um, say hi to me or say hi to Jordan as uh, we're listening to talks or on the beach or whatever. Jordan, thanks so much cool, for being thanks, here. Reese. Yeah, thanks, Reese. I appreciate it. Sweet. And goodbye, everybody. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any feedback, please tweet at me at Reese Lindmark. That's R-H-Y-S-L-I-N-D-M-A-R-K at Reese Lindmark on Twitter. If you have any feedback, that'd be awesome. Or if you want to sign up for the newsletter, follow me on Twitter or support me on Patreon. I have about 25 patrons supporting me and uh, it's how I make my money. So you can support me at patreon.com slash R-H-Y-S-L-I-N-D-M-A-R-K. Thanks so much and bye.